You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. gentlemen 19 years ago this week uh, the trick was on the left i guess the anti-whites uh, the treat was for all good people who thirst and hunger for the truth and that is what we are celebrating tonight welcome to the broadcast james edwards along with keith alexander we are going to blitz through the latest headline news before settling down for most of the show in what I hope will be a most memorable broadcast in celebration of TPC's 19th anniversary. It all started this week on October 26th, 2004. Three words uh, to sum it all up, I think, uh, the last 19 years. Officially now, we're a little bit beyond the 19th birthday here on this, the 28th day of October 2023. Dedication, perseverance, and accomplishment. Those would be three that come immediately to mind. And we're going to remember some of the steps and some of the stumbles that got us from here, uh, from there to here over the course of this broadcast. You ask now, James, we just literally got engaged in uh, another war in the Middle East. Uh, yes, I know. And that will stay. And we will talk about that uh, for a few minutes. Uh, and we'll weave and jive a little bit of that in throughout the broadcast tonight, too. But I do think it's important to take one week out of the year and look back on it all reassess, refocus, rejuvenate ourselves, and then move forward. And so we've done these anniversary shows many different ways. We have done uh, shows where the last couple of years, in fact, where we just have members of the listening audience call in, some people waiting 30 minutes to an hour to get on. We've done that the last couple of years. We've had conferences uh, to commemorate anniversaries before. Tonight, it's just going to be the home team. It's going to be members of the present cast and crew, Uh, and one special uh, golden oldie calling in. Uh, But uh, we're going to look back on it, and I hope you'll enjoy it, and I hope by the end of the show you'll say, well, I know why he did that now. I understand the treatment. Let's get started, Keith. But first, as you know, we are going to spend uh, the first uh, half hour of this hour talking about current news, and, uh, boy, there's a lot uh, of it to cover. (laughs) If you're going to do three hours of work in 30 minutes, we better get to it. Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, we've been waiting now for the better part of a month to see who the Republicans would select. And I guess it should come as no shock that they uh, selected a, a true conservative. And this guy, this is a guy who I know these types of guys. I, you go into any Southern Baptist megachurch, and that is their natural habitat. That's where you'll find them. These diminutive guys... Uh, you look at them once and you size them up and you can say, well, you know what? That's a guy I can't win with. I can't win with, with that guy. 
and there's no shortage of them. So he's basically a conservative on social issues. He's against homosexual marriage and transgenderism. Okay, that's good. Uh, but he literally has a black son or a, a black He's 24 now. He calls him his son. He has three biological children who are obviously white. And uh, basically, he's an anti-white Christian conservative. I guess let's just start there. And he's your new Speaker of the House. Well, what he is is the typical person that you get in one of those uh, fundamentalist churches like you're talking about. They basically give a total pass to the civil rights movement. You know, transgenderism, homosexual marriage, of. Uh, Climate change, all these things are a bridge too far for them, but they worship at the shrine of the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King was this holy, righteous man, and the civil rights movement was all good, and anybody that opposes it was a wicked, uh, racist bigot and whatnot. They don't understand that the civil rights movement was the beginning of it all. That was the first shot across the bow. What the civil rights movement was was the blueprint for every other radical egalitarian movement that followed after it, like the feminist movement, like uh, the homosexual rights movement, all of these things. Every one of them was funded and masterminded by Jewish power and influence. Every one of those things was basically misrepresented to the American people. The civil rights movement, for example, wasn't pro-black, it was anti-white. The feminist movement wasn't pro-woman, it was anti-male. The homosexual rights movement wasn't pro-homosexual, it was anti-heterosexual. Everything that basically he endorses is the poison that started everything off. You know, for example, in the Bible, it says very clearly that, you know, do not be deceived. You shall know them by their fruits. Can a good tree bring forth corrupt fruit? Can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit? Therefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Well, look at the civil rights movement. Look at the Brown versus Board of Education uh, decision that led to racial integration of the public schools. Do you think the public education in America has gotten better or worse right. since then? It's obviously gotten worse. So if he is trying to sell himself as a conservative, he is not a true conservative. He basically isn't smart enough to realize that the civil rights movement was the genesis of everything that hinders America and we find objectionable about America that, I think he's a conservative then. in the Mike Pence mold, which is what I uh, consider conservative to be now. These these pathetic you know, I, little I, things. I, 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 wish go Mike, I wish Mike Pence would get rolled by somebody. You know, he's just such a pansy. All right. Okay? But it, so this guy, Mike Johnson, he has a black son. He decried the murder of George Floyd and contemned uh, systemic racism, whatever that is. His biggest donor is APAC. He moved with lightning speed to put a bill on the floor that stands with Israel, and not in some way where it's prayers up for Israel and let me change my social media avatar to a, an Israeli flag. He, he has basically gotten the United States into a war uh, in the Middle East now, open-ended military Which support. Which could be Armageddon, quite frankly. You know, that's where Armageddon is supposed to happen there in Jerusalem and in Israel. Israel and uh, House votes 412 to 10 to give a blank check to Israel. Uh, the new speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, the first bill I'm going to bring to this floor will be in support of our good friend Israel. And he's saying he's going to give aid to Ukraine. Now, I thought that was the whole reason Kevin McCarthy was ousted was because they wanted a government shutdown and they didn't want this 45 day extension that uh, McCarthy offered b the Biden administration and because of the aid for Ukraine. And then this guy is doing that and then some. Plus, he's anti-white. Look, he's our worst nightmare. He is. If this is conservatism, then 
uh, we're doomed. Now, look, okay? I, I, I told you this a second ago, and I mean it. I would rather Elon Omar be the Speaker of the House than this guy because here's, here's my top three issues. Yeah. I like that he's good on these social issues. Look, standing against transgenderism, that's, that, that's good. But my first issues, and I don't even know if this is number one or number two, but immigration and foreign policy, or maybe foreign po- policy and immigration. I, I don't, they're one A and one B, and he is terrible on. He's terrible, but he gets some of these socially conservative Christian issues right. Good, but not good but, enough. Okay, look, I remember back in the day that you, basically, if you went to Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, for example, I, I've that, seen this guy there. That, I can that, tell you, he looks like every guy that goes there that has a black son. Well, back in the 1950s, for example, uh, Adrian Rogers was against. Uh, interracial marriage and things like this. They were strong, but then over the time, then they basically folded their tent on the issues in the past, like civil rights movement. Well, let's move on.org. Uh, then feminism, well, they were opposed to that. Now they're reconciled to it. See, people like that you just can't win with. And if, that, if that's what, you know, we've got to basically turn the clock back. Well, you saw him, there was a picture of him on the phone with Netanyahu, and you could see the the, the stain down his pants where he, you know, urinated himself. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to talk to the Anyway, so that's what we got. That's what the Republicans gave you. Uh, and see, so it, now it's like George Wallace go a lot said. Quicker. It's what George Wallace said. The difference between the Republicans and the Democrats is the difference between Tweedledum and Tweedledum. And look, the issue of Iran and Israel and this regional war that could spiral beyond that, we'll talk about for the rest of the year and probably longer than that. And we're going to give you some deep dives. We've had some good conversations with Mark Weber, with Kevin McDonald, and uh, John Friend. And we're going to continue to have good conversations with people in the know on that issue. Tonight is a celebration. We did want to do a couple of quick hits. That's number one. But this war with Iran, you know, we said the other day, the fighting-aged men, or people now, since they let women, I don't think they've ever let women really go into these hot spots like that. But anyway, only 27% are standing with Israel, whatever that means, uh, out of the 18 to 34-year-old demographic. So we'll see who ends up fighting this thing, uh, unless it's just like most wars now. It's just like a push-button thing with drones. They'll get our version of the Wagner Group, uh, some private company to do it. (laughs) So, but it does look like uh, they do intend for young americans to be sacrificed another huge war in the middle east because of the anger stirred up among muslims due to israel's and they are bombing they are bombing these people indiscriminately if you have any heart you see brad griffin has done an excellent job just about every post has about 12 or 15 or more pictures and videos of what's happening to these little kids it is awful it is they are not our friends they are not our allies either we are we have no dog in this fight but it is awful to see what's happening well look the jews are always talking about the holocaust and how they were they're they're perpetrating one yeah they basically are perpetrating a genocide on the palestinian people and let me tell you iran if we dare to attack iran i mean all hell is going to break and that that whole all of gaza is like dresden to them i mean it's just it's just wanton bombing but the only thing netanyahu thinks that as long as america has his back he has a blank check to do whatever he wants to do I don't think that America has its own back at the present time. I don't think we can defend ourselves. Well, it's, 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 it's totally bought and paid for. We know that. But the um, so, you know, there was a little bit of delay while the House got its house in order, I guess you could say. But yeah, now you've got a, a proxy war at the very least in the Middle East, like we have in, in the Ukraine, because of the Israel lobby. we have lobbies. no money to fight any proxy wars anymore. We spent it all in Ukraine. We're never going to get to the rats. The Israeli lobby stranglehold on our government, of course, and um, important it's to the see. the Jewish neocons that have gotten us in both of these wars, okay? 
the Victorian Newlands and their Philosemite friends like Lindsey Graham, Lady G, as they call him. This is um, something, though, to consider is this is the kind of imperial overstretch that can bring down a house of cards. you got criminal corruption at home, as you're seeing with, with Trump and his indictments. you got war like this, wars like this in the Ukraine and in the Middle East. Now, and let me tell you, this isn't 2001 anymore, where everybody was for that illegal war that Bush launched. I think a lot more people are wise to it now. And you've got the 1.8 billion Muslims in the world absolutely inflamed. Because but of then on the other hand, in America, who is still on their side that were back uh, during George W. Bush's era? The Christian fundamentalists, the Zionists, the he who blesses Israel is blessed, he who curses and Israel we, is cursed. And those, are, those people are, are dying out, and um, but they still have an over-representation in Congress, which is what well, we're talking about. They have an over-representation in the South because so many of our white Gentile friends are Christian fundamentalists, and that's where all of this is. It's not in the Episcopal Church. It's not in the Methodist you're gonna, Church. We're not going to have time to get to the plea bargain, and I know you're hot for that. I know you're hot for it, and I know you got something there. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we've got to get to, but we've got uh, 1.8 billion Muslims. They're ready to go. Uh, and these little, the pictures of these little kids is it, gut-wrenching. It's like just dropping a match in a uh, tank full of... Uh, uh, and fuel, high octane fuel. It's all going to go up. Uh, you know, the wrong move and any move might be the wrong move over there can bring not only Iran into the war, but Russia and China as well. And you've got an already overstretched globalist American empire uh, in two proxy wars now that could get to be much more than that very quickly. And even if you don't care about the Palestinians or the Jews, and our position, again, should ultimately be that it's not our fight, it's clear uh, that we're going to be called, America is going to be called, to cash the blank check that has been given to Israel. And uh, there's all sorts of things, there's all sorts of ways that this could play out. Uh, there's no chance of us not getting involved in it. You know, Netanyahu would not have done it if he didn't have an assurance that America would come in and side with it. And if America's over there in Ukraine, America's over there uh, fighting Israel's war, and one way or another. And uh, the Taiwan Straits as well. Well, I, but this is another thing that I read this week, is that China could just walk into Taiwan if America gets bogged down in, in, in both of these morasses. But, um, but again... I think sometimes this is what it takes. Is it sickening? Is is it repulsive? Yes, it is. But it's going to take mistakes like this before anything is going to change. Well, You're going to have to continue to make these mistakes until uh, until you can't pay the bill anymore. Well, our new Speaker of the House has said that Russia, China, and Iran, and he could have added to that uh, North Korea, are the new axis of evil. So we've already put ourselves at odds with the uh, reigning military powers in the world. And let me tell you, we are worn out financially and militarily with the Ukraine war. We've proven that was a bridge too far. We can't win that war. How are we going to win two more wars? And this like is another Janet thing. Yellen and, of course, Israel's going to want us to go in uh, hammer and tong because, as I said with, to Mark Webber last week, the United States military is its golem. So they're going to call us up and, and, well, and like get as much as they can. Like Frankenstein's monster, just set us loose on them, right? So we'll see what happens. But the amount of upheaval coming to this country because of our misadventures domestically and internationally could be something like we've never seen before. It already is like nothing anyone has ever seen before because you have the situation with Trump. This has never happened before where a, a, a successor president uh, <laughs> you know, puts his predecessor in prison for a millennium. And God's will be done. God's will be done in the Middle East and God's will be done in and Eastern Russia, Europe. Russia has said that if we get involved in going after Iran, 
the American people will have hell to pay. Okay? All right. So, and that's the new axis of evil, by the way, is Russia and China. To, and Iran. And, and those, that's, that's actually, so that's not like uh, whatever the axis of evil was in 2001, a bunch of these, you know. They've worn that out. That's what they used in World War II to describe Italy, Japan, and Germany. But, the, but the, this, well, that one was. was well, that uh, was an axis, too. Well, that one had actual power. This one does, too. The, the, the previous one in the early 2000s was just a bunch of people throwing dirt clods. But uh, here you've got something. Uh, but God's will be done. We are going to celebrate the good things in life tonight and what we have. And what we have is each other. What we have is a sense of togetherness. And we are going to celebrate 19 years on the air. It all started 19 years ago. But I felt as though, and it wasn't my intention until this uh, took a turn with Mike Johnson being elected as the Speaker of the House uh, to work in a little bit of news. Let's go very quickly, Keith, one more thing. We've touched on Mike Johnson and Iran. Deep dives on these issues in the coming weeks. Don't worry, we're going to give it a full treatment, as we always do. But I thought that was an excellent, excellent column by Paul Craig Roberts this week about Sidney Powell's plea bargain, and you could just substitute Sidney Powell for Jenna Ellis and uh, Mark uh, Meadows and, and all of them. Uh, breakdown. I, I want to read this whole thing. I don't. Well, I am going to read it. I am going to read it because it's so good. And if we have to carry it over for a minute or two into the next segment before the party begins, that's what we're going to do. This is Paul Craig Roberts writing, ladies and gentlemen. Going to read this. Let Keith uh, uh, answer it, and then uh, we're going to. We're going to get into the anniversary part of the program. One of President Trump's attorneys, Sidney Powell, pleaded guilty to six misdemeanor counts of conspiring to interfere with election duties and accepted a sentence of six years probation and a $6,000 fine. She must also write a, an apology letter. Paul Craig Roberts continues, I will explain to you what this means. Sidney Powell found herself at risk at the hands of a black prosecutor and a black jury in Atlanta. Powell already knew that the prosecutor was biased against her and reasoned the same from the black jury. Plea bargaining, which is what Sidney Powell has done, arose because p prosecutors are more interested in their conviction rate than they are in innocence or guilt. And judges are more interested in clearing their dockets than in trials. So to aid their conviction rate, prosecutors have gained the power to withhold exculpatory evidence from the defendant and to bribe other defendants with reduced sentences or with money to testify falsely against their target defendant. This is what Sidney Powell has done. What this means for Trump is that one of his own attorneys has admitted guilt rather than to undergo the ordeal and risks of trial and has agreed in exchange to testify against Trump. So Trump's own lawyer provides the black prosecutor and black jury with the evidence to convict Trump. Clearly, plea bargaining permits prosecutors to build cases on speculation rather than on evidence. It is a short step from creating a fictional crime out of a real one to creating a fictional crime out of thin air. The step isn't taken all at once. When the option of a plea bargain first surfaces, it is considered by everyone involved as a way of meeting out punishment in a timely way. But with the passage of time, several things happen. As plea bargaining takes over from jury trials, as it has, the investigative work that is the basis for the indictment is not tested by judge and jury. This permits prosecutors to bring charges for which they have little to no evidence. The public presumes that the prosecutor has a case and that the prosecutor uses the media uh, to create a presumption of guilt. Newspaper and television reports from anonymous leaks from the prosecutor's office, preceded by the phrase, according to sources familiar with the investigation, create a presumption of guilt, reducing the defendant's chance of an objective jury. It would be unusual for a jury to find an innocent person already convicted in the media. To find innocent a person already convicted in the media. Uh, and it goes on from there, Keith. I think you can probably uh, figure out... Um, 
the end game here. He writes, meanwhile, the defendant's attorney has been meeting with the prosecutor to arrange a plea bargain. Neither wants the trouble or risk of a trial. When the defendant is worn down and loses all hope of a fair or affordable trial, a deal is brokered. When the defendant his attorney and the prosecutor stand before the judge. The judge asks for assurance that the plea was voluntary and no deals prompted it, and he is given such assurance. Judges, clerks, defense attorneys, prosecutors, and the defendant are all parties to this lie. It is nonsense to expect honesty and justice to characterize a process that has been that bases convictions on plea bargains. Psychological pressure, indeed torture, and exhaustion of the defendant's resources replace evidence. That is wonderfully written. Under a plea bargain regime, Parker Roberts concludes, law is no longer a shield of the people. It is a weapon against the people in the hands of the government. The administration of justice ceases. This is America Today. Counselor? Well, that's absolutely right. And it's also a result of the civil rights movement and all of these left-wing black women judges, things like that that we have now that seem to predominate in urban areas. Memphis is like that, uh, New York is like that, Atlanta is like that, Philadelphia is like that, yada, 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 as they used to say on Seinfeld, okay? On the other hand, what does Trump expect? Did he run to the defense of the people at January the 6th? No, he didn't run to their defense and try to uh, use some money that he's raising to raise a, a defense fund for them. Heaven forbid, no, those people were on their own, just like the people in Charlottesville were on their own. Likewise, uh, you know, the people that are, you know, look at what happened to Derek Chauvin and uh, the McMichaels, people like that. They know what happens when they get tried in the news media. So uh, if Trump, uh, you know, loyalty is a two-way street. If How can Trump expect loyalty from them when he shows no uh, loyalty going from him to them to help them out? A little bit of a... Fast break there on the news. Mike Johnson, Iran, what's going on in Georgia with the so-called plea bargaining system? We'll be back. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Israeli military aircrafts attacked about 150 underground targets in the northern Gaza Strip over Friday night into Saturday amid the ongoing war against Hamas terrorists. The Israeli Defense Forces said Hamas terrorists were killed, while underground combat zones and other underground terrorist infrastructures were also destroyed. More than 8,700 people have been killed in the war on both sides since the October 7th Hamas terror attack. A full-scale invasion of Gaza is still looming as Israel has amassed hundreds of of thousands of troops on the border with Gaza who await orders to begin. The 40-year-old firearms instructor suspected of killing 18 people Wednesday at two businesses in Maine was found dead Friday. Robert Card's body was found near the Androscoggin River in Lisbon Falls at 7.45 p.m., according to the Maine Public Safety Commissioner. The commissioner said Card had an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. The shooter's body was found near a recycling plant where he formerly worked. 18 people were killed when Card is believed to have opened fire at a bar and a bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine, on Wednesday night. A delegation of U.S. Senators is concluding their visit to the Texas-Mexico border. Senator Mike Lee of Utah expressed surprise at encountering unaccompanied girls who had made the journey through Mexico alone. A substantial majority of the women and girls brought up through this process 
are sexually assaulted along the way. They spent the night alongside Border Patrol agents to observe the crossings. Agents conveyed to the senators that halting the surge of illegal immigration will require a policy shift. I'm John Schaefer. Rising inflation is casting a spooky spell on Halloween this year, causing a 7% surge in celebration costs, as per a study by MoneyGeek. The main contributor to this increase is the higher prices of candy, which have jumped by 37% compared to a decade ago in 2013. This uptick is putting a dent in consumers' wallets as they prepare to enjoy the festive season. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. that was good stuff i can remember even in the early 80s being over my grandparents they still showed some of these black and white tv shows and i remember watching alfred hitchcock presents well if you are up in the middle of the night you can see them on me tv (laughs) (laughs) i used to have them on nick at night back before you had six and seven hundred channels right but you wanted me to make a couple of comments parting shots on uh, the state of the uh, judicial system now the whole legal and judicial system has changed terribly from let's say 40 years ago when I was first practicing law, it's just, you know, you have people who are not Anglo-Saxons on the uh, bench. You have them in prosecutor's offices and things like this. And you have to understand that our whole legal system is a product of Anglo-Saxon civilization, like trial by jury. When you have juries and the judiciary and judge positions and prosecutors who are not of that background, at at the very least white people, the whole system breaks down. For example, they don't tell you all of this uh, stuff about runaway juries that the insurance companies complain about. Well, these runaway juries, I can tell you from practical experience, are always majority-minority districts that have, uh, you know, big jury pools of black people so it's like the exact opposite of what you see in the movies where it's like oh it's an all-white jury and then you know oh yeah cue the dark lighting and scary music yeah the civil rights movement you know that look it's the civil rights movement in reverse now where white people are being persecuted by the system all right so that's our take on the news tonight Uh, we are going to set aside now coverage of current events and headlines and talk about 
this run of ours that we've had. 19 years and counting, and God willing, there'll be more added to it. But we're not going to cover the highlights. It, it, it's, it became a tall order just a few years into our run to talk about all of the things that had happened. And after 19 years, it's, it's impossible. Although Scoop Stanton has a segment coming up in the second hour, and he does a really good job of offering sort of a, a condensed compilation of some of these greatest hits of, of TPC over the years. I'm not even going to give you the full history of how it uh, all started uh, for me personally. I and mean, that's been talked about many, many times but i do remember the first show 19 years ago this week i have told the story before it was right before the bush and Kerry election to let you know how far back we go and it was basically a primer for for that election and i remember my first commentary it was all written out uh, yeah, everything written out everything i said on the show that night i think and uh, how this was uh obviously the lesser of two evils wasn't an argument, and which one is even the lesser? I mean, this is a both a, just a, it's a duopoly. You can't win with people like this. Neither of these are our candidates, and and I remember that being the first show, and I, I can remember uh, going in uh, to the first few weeks and sort of getting our legs and thinking, you know what? Maybe we do have something here. Maybe we can do something different with this. And it was always my vision to do that, but once I saw it become start to become realized Taking just shape. a little bit, right? Start to be, become realized just a little bit. We decided to have a a kickoff party, and our official kickoff party was held in January of 2005. So this was about uh, we went on the air the very end. This was about two months, two and a half months into our run because we went on the very end of October of '04. And the guy who kicked off our party, our keynote speaker, Sonny Landom, Sonny Landom, uh, the 1980s movie star, action movie star, uh, and he of course, starred in movies like Predator. Well, maybe you remember this scene from the movie Predator, which was one of the highest grossing and most iconic science fiction films of all time uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And here's uh, Sonny Landham in, in a scene in that. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. Uh, he played the Indian tracker of the Predator in that film, and we really hit it off early. It was sort of an odd coupling, I guess you could say, but I had a lot of fun behind the scenes with Sonny. We'd go to casinos. We did all kinds of stuff. Sonny ran for governor of Kentucky. He did, and uh, he came on this show all the way up until when he passed away a few years ago. I actually went to his wedding. I don't remember what number the wife was, but I remember going to the wedding. And uh, he actually taught me a lot about show business, and he actually had some really good, if you're interested in that kind of thing, some really good interviews on here talking about his friendships with, you know, A-list movie I actors. A, and, I have a DVD yeah. of his uh, that he, uh, America in uh, Crisis, I believe. Well, right. we got him working with the Council of Conservative Citizens and the Conservative Citizens Foundation. He did a movie with Gordon Baum. Uh, yeah, that's right, about the Frankfurt School and about cultural Marxism. Exactly. So, I mean, this is just stuff that I think people forget. I mean, hell, I can't even remember it all. I would have to go back through every show bit by bit to put together some sort of a comprehensive Montage. autobiography or something like that. But but I do remember Sonny calling me in late 2015, and he said, in 2016, I think you can really – you can really make a lot of waves in this election. And I just kind of laughed, and I just thought he was just being nice. And, I mean, <laughs> to say that uh, we were heavily covered that year, uh, I guess that's that Indian shaman in him. You know, he just kind of could see things. But you No, know, we didn't even try and made a big uh, splash in <laughs> Well, he saw something that I didn't see, and uh, he passed away. And so many of our friends have passed away over the, the 19 years, the aforementioned Gordon Baum among them. But, you know, we've interviewed so many people. I mean, of course, when the media is talking about us, they have this preexisting narrative, and and uh, they they're going to write you know they're certainly going to mention the people it's that they think before they interview well they certainly are going to mention the people that they think are going to damage us the most
course, with the general public, who are all good friends of ours, and of course, we'd never back down from. But we have interviewed all kinds of people from. I even wonder why they bothered to interview us because they've got the whole thing written and scripted before they ever uh, (laughs) say one word to it. Well, increasingly over the years, I've I've not I've declined all interview requests. Very very rarely do I grant them. But we've interviewed people like Ted Nugent, you know, the rock and roller Ted Nugent, the Sydney Leathers, the the one who Anthony Weiner was sending all those pictures to that got him in such trouble, and then Harry Sinise, uh, Hal Moore, Hal Moore, General Hal Moore, talking about movies, uh, Lieutenant General Hal Moore from that very famous battle in Vietnam. They made a movie. We were soldiers, where Mel Gibson played his character. Not to mention, of course, Mel Gibson's dad was a good friend of ours. So many over the years, so many memories, so many guests, so much we've done on and off, uh, inside and out of the studio, on and off the air. Uh, impossible to to remember all of the things that we would want to share in a show like this. So I'm going to toss it over to our friends for the, the, the rest of the show. Uh, Keith, a uh, minute or two here. Your Some of your favorite reflections and guests and things that we've done. I mean, 19 years, it's hard to narrow it down. Well, we did things that other people didn't do. I think we were the first people to really break big on the USS Liberty situation, which ought to really be focused upon at the present time. Did some time. interviews with them, sure. Yeah, this was when Israel attacked America, and the American government did everything it could to cover it up under Lyndon Johnson and John McCain's father, or grandfather, I forget which one it was, it was the admiral that was put in charge of the cover-up. Then, Drew Lackey. Drew Lackey. That one gets mentioned pretty frequently, and for good reason. Yeah, see, people like that were never interviewed by the mainstream media, and if they were interviewed, they locked away the interview in a vault and never played it. We actually got these people before they died that were big players on the anti-civil rights side of the equation back in the South. I wouldn't even call it that. Just Now, Drew Lackey was just doing his job as a policeman, and he told us what really went on at the Montgomery bus boycott, what really went on at the Selma demonstration, you know, at the famous Edmund G. Pettus Bridge. All of this stuff, you know, it's incredible how the truth varied from this official narrative that people like, I'm sure, uh, Steve, uh, what's the guy's name, the new... uh, uh, Mike Johnson, uh, you're talking about? Mike Johnson, not Steve Johnson, Mike Johnson, right, yeah. Mike Johnson uh, probably has never heard of Drew Lackey, has never heard of the USS Liberty and things like this. But it's not for lack of our trying. We're the people that got this type of alternative news into the well and you got to understand i mean not only have we done that but for our movement in terms of our movement media 2004 you got to know and understand other programs like this and not on the am radio airwaves because there are no others there but even podcasts and live streams they didn't start coming around until about 2015 i mean we stood alone for about 10 years yeah, in broadcast yeah, media yeah I'm, you know before others started well, to... i'll give you the credit james not me i just was tagging along but james basically broke the ice and started a whole movement all these podcasts they're out there now on the internet wouldn't be there if James hadn't blazed the trail. Well, maybe they would, but whether they know it or not, we certainly had been doing this for for a long time, and that's why there had been so many sites trained on us. And But it has been a wonderful ride. It's been wonderfully turbulent. People ask me what's it been like. It's been wonderfully turbulent. It has been wonderful, and it has been hard. But, of course, like all the of Chinese <laughs> curse, may you live in interesting times. James has definitely lived in interesting times over the past 19 years and it has been a wonderful adult life i got into this uh, obviously 
in my late teens and uh, started the show in 04 and have been at it uh, really my entire adult life. About as, old, as long as I could drive, I was driving. People, to- people at the ADL and the SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center, will probably be a f- uh, surprised to hear this. But James feels that he is singularly fortunate that he just had the best fortune in the world to come along when he did and to start well uh, this type of broadcast. You know, we always play it on Columbus Day, the uh, good timing song. Yeah, if I if I if it had been a little bit earlier or a little bit later, it had to be in that Goldilocks zone, not just in terms of where our movement was at the time, but where I was in my life. Had I been a little bit older and already had a family or a little bit younger, I wouldn't have been old enough to do it. There was no media like us that existed back in 2004. Uh, Making sure we're going to take this break here, too. Uh, I don't know if we've uh, hit it. I know it's going to be coming up. Just let us know. It's just uh, The thing is, really, there was no program out there, particularly on uh, you know normal radio, like our program. You know, they'd had the Joe Pine show back in the late 60s. That faded out. You never really had anything like this through the Reagan administration, through all of that. Uh, you had mainstream uh, pablum from people that were supposed to be conservatives that were about as conservative as Mike Johnson, uh, <laughs> you know, our new uh, uh, Speaker of the House. But to get the real you know, unadulterated truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It took James to bring that in. And I'll, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to congratulate you on that. because well, you know Come on that. now. I, I don't need all of that. I appreciate you saying that. I was just looking for something to do, any way to apply myself. It, was, well, it didn't well, have to be it radio. Serendipity. I'm not saying that you planned it and masterminded it and whatnot, but, you know, there were groups like uh, – you know, Jared Taylor had American Renaissance. There were certainly other groups that had done yeah, far. But, you know. but basically, the radio presence, the podcasting, that was James, okay? that was He was the, um, the Christopher Columbus of that type of thing. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, my friend, saying all of that. that. That's not what I was looking for or intending to hear. It was just in my life at that time, I was looking for any way to apply myself. I had failed as a candidate for office. We had failed to get Pat Buchanan elected, obviously. And I was just looking well, for I, anything I could do. And, well, I'm like and, the Furniture Center in Memphis. Their slogan is, we give credit where credit is due. Well, I'm going to give you credit. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it just uh, the door opened up and God's uh, hand be in it, I guess. And uh, it, who would have ever thought we would have lasted this long. People don't last this long at anything. I mean, most people at least want to change the scenery or go look, do look something different. Look at all the different. jobs Tucker Carlson has had in that period of time, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's been around. He's been uh, hired, fired, and hired, and fired, and hired, and fired, and James, <laughs> like old man River, just keeps rolling along. Well, I'm not going to fire myself, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, got to ask uh, Mr. and Mrs. Producer. i got to make sure we're going to take this break so we can get uh, – the bombardier on here for a segment, but I think we've missed it. No, 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 we we're, no, we're going to, no, we're going to take that one. If, if we haven't already missed it, we were going to, and uh, we were going to, no, we were going to skip the first one. There it comes. All right, there it is. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this break and we're going to come back for the next couple of hours. We're going to be hearing from people behind the scenes and on the air who have uh, made the journey with us. your seatbelt, the bombardier (laughs) is coming up. (laughs) Let's see what he has to say. Hold on tight. We'll be right back. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. 
Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-888-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. Moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and changed right loud. I knew I'd moved in a haunted house. Still, I made up in my mind to stay. Nothing was gonna drive me away. When I seen something to give me the creep Had one big eye and a two big feet Well, it's Halloween weekend on top of it all, ladies and gentlemen, and this is a European cultural holiday, rich in tradition, and you know we always do a little bit on Halloween. Not like Christmas, totally different kind of thing, cultural versus spiritual, and Christmas we spend a whole month on, Halloween just a couple of segments, but we will do that at the end of the night, too. It's a fun show tonight, Keith. Well, that was a rockabilly song by a guy named Jumpin' Gene Simmons. It was recorded in Memphis, and you know, the Gene Simmons of Kiss, who, um, you know, that's not his real name. He calls himself Gene Simmons. You know, he has a very Jewish-sounding name, but they asked him how he came up with the name Gene Simmons, and he said it was this song by Jumpin' Gene Simmons in Memphis, Haunted House. As a little boy, he was so enchanted by that song that it stuck with him the rest of his, uh, you know, through his teenage years and whatnot. And when he was looking for a stage name for himself, he chose Gene Simmons. So that's the side story on Gene Simmons and that uh, a one-hit wonder with the song Haunted House, uh, recorded by Ray Harris, who had been a Sun Studio rockabilly guy at High Records in Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Well, you know, we can. that's uh, another service we provide here at TPC. We can give you the background, or at least Keith can, on these novelty songs. Uh, all the song, <laughs> uh, all the information that you didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mr. Producer, I just sent you a message in the chat as well. 
We're going to call a little audible here and bring a special guest on who I just received a uh, message from. And uh, we're actually going to move him, in fact, to the head of the line tonight as uh, uh, we uh, attempt to make contact with the bombardier, who I just talked to uh, before the program. He's out at a surprise. He's out on a bombing run. (laughs) No, don't say that. Uh, No, he's at a birthday, uh, surprise birthday party for one of his relatives. And uh, not Eddie's birthday, which is in April, but... Uh, nevertheless, uh, we are celebrating tonight. You're going to hear from uh, some good friends before the end of the program this evening, 19 years on the air. And to kick off that parade is a man you heard in the most recent hour that we broadcast here just last week, along with Virginia Abernathy, was very uh, excited to have just received a text message from none other than Sam Dixon. Sam, how are you tonight? I'm fine. I'm thrilled that this is your 19th birthday. It is, as a, as a matter of fact. All the people that support you and the listening audience and wish you all happy birthday. And I, I know that you're a modest fellow. And I wanted to um, point out something that uh, we don't generally do, people like us. But I think that you and Keith and those of us who appeared and the listening audience all uh, should take a moment and thump ourselves on the chest. And I would, what came to my mind was uh, the idea of what would have happened, how would the world be different if the world, if the country had listened to James Edwards and political cesspool over the last 19 years instead of listening to authoritative huh. news outlets like the New York Times and National Public Radio and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and the Washington Post and CNN and all the people. Or even talk- so-called conservatives like Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. yeah. So the people that call you far right, far right, extremist, hater. Well, just look over some of the things that wouldn't happen. You know, who who was right and who was wrong? We were told that if we went to war with Afghanistan and uh, and uh, Iraq, uh, while well, we would bring democracy to all those countries, we would Uncle Sam would become a third party to all the Muslim weddings and marriages and we would straighten them out and they'd all be grateful and george bush said we could do it all for 80 billion dollars well <laughs> six trillion and, and and mary louise kelly on national Vote radio and anderson cooper all of these people they all went along oh yes response people know uh, our embedded reporters that we're going to be welcomed like liberators and these countries are going to Iraq is going to come like Denmark and Switzerland, uh, and it's all going to be done cheap. We mustn't listen to the voices of hate and extremism. We mustn't listen to the false news. Uh, and you can just check down the list of all the things, that, all the issues uh, which came up. Uh, and over and over again, we have been right. The, the, the facts are in now. There's an old English proverb that truth is the daughter of time. We know that our voices were those of sense, of reason, of historical awareness, of correct assessment, of things like genetics, uh, and they have been wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, and there are now thousands of guys lying in uh, graveyards, there are tens of thousands of them rolling around in wheelchairs or blinded uh, and, and from these wars. Uh, and all this has been done by groups like the Southern Poverty Law Center that have supported all of this. 
Well, and you know, and there, there'll be more in the graves, too. And Jewish and, power and influence. And, Sam, let me just say that. That may be your musing. My musing is what a different world we would have lived in if back then you had been elevated to the U.S. Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> well, or Lieutenant Governor of Georgia, which you ran for. But, you know, Sam, I, I will say this, and there there very well may be more graves uh, if uh, – the regime gets its way with the, the or the system gets its way with the way things are going now in the Middle East. But uh, I, I would say this. I appreciate everything you said and coming from you more than others. Uh, I appreciate it. But uh, I was smart enough to do one thing, and that's get people smarter than me in the guest slots. <laughs> and you as one of our top two or three guests of all time have played a huge role in, in the support of this program, yeah. uh, both on the air yeah, and off. And I appreciate that. And, but you said far right, which is one of the nicest things that they call me. You know, they were even calling that new House Speaker far right. If he's far right, God help us all. And you had some great uh, – musings on him as well this week yeah yep they're 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 there he's just absolutely uh, as bad as anyone could imagine he's just weak as grandma's iced tea as we used to say here in the (laughs) south yeah well he's worse than that he you know he he's willing to subordinate his own natural children the the children of his body and his wife's body uh, to those of this uh, this changeling that he adopted, and, and he made the statement that uh, his natural-born white son has done better in life than the black one, and he knows this is the cause by by well, had an racism. easier way in life, really, yeah. the way he, he yeah. put it. It's somebody who, for a photo op uh, and, and to get elected, is willing to, just to subordinate the interests of his own natural child. Uh, and you, you you really have to be low. You have to be the, the absolute dregs of humanity to be a Michael Johnson. Well, you know what he's also done? I have the feeling that he is overstating what his relationship with this kid was. I've never seen a picture of him. I've never heard anything from him. Is he a figment of his imagination? Wow. I think that he was probably a foster child that stayed with him for a while. And then he's now just like Sean Tui of the blind side who never adopted Michael Orr, although the world thought he did. Uh, he just was. Well, you're supposing that, but either way, no matter how much time he spent in the nest, regardless of what it is, you know, you're right. As uh, he used it as an occasion to be a race trader. Okay. That's, that's what the old term was. And that's what he was. This is what you have to remember about these people that uh, I had a client who claimed to one time that uh, universal suffrage democracy, we are ruled by two classes, the dregs that sink to the bottom and the scum that rises to the top. And, and he, and people like him, he, he and people like him represent the scum that have risen to the top. Uh, they have no loyalty to their region. They have no loyalty to their religion. They have no loyalty to their race. Over, they have no loyalty to their families. They're, they're sociopathic. Uh, and, and that's Sam Francis used to call the Republicans the stupid party. And I used to argue with him that that presumes that the people like Michael Johnson today uh, are actually loyal to the Republican Party. These people show no loyalty to anything. They're not stupid. It reminds me of George Wallace, who said that the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats is the difference between Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Uh, except that, that makes it sound trivial. I mean, what we're talking about here, as you said, could very well be Armageddon if they get their way and they just go along with uh, He's already giving them a blind check. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, there'll be plenty to talk about in the coming weeks, that's for sure. But tonight we're letting Mike...